0: back to Kansas City Real Talk brought to you by KCRR. I'm Alex Scaring,
1: And I'm Bobby Howe. Bobby, I What's
0: can't do it? anything right today. I didn't wear the right shirt. I get you too close that. to the microphone. I get too far away from the microphone. I couldn't get the speaker or anything to work when I first logged in.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a mess today. That's, that's my day.
1: It's fine. It feels like it's a repeat of Monday every day this year. So, it's fine. Just more Mondays. How are, Mondays. are, you? How are I'm, you? I'm great. We have beautiful weather outside and life's good. Positive spin on everything right now. That's all. How life's are you? Good. What's going on?
0: Things are good. Things are good. We're uh, we are busy. Mm-hmm. I feel extra busy right at the right at this moment and right? uh, things like personally are good like things are things are fine i'm I'm getting into Shit's creek at the moment which i hadn't watched yet and it's it's worth the hype it's very good it's very good so yeah I, that's, that's it i don't really have any like scary like any i don't have any drama or anything like and it's october i have nothing scary to talk about
1: that's good though it's good that we don't have drama going on and i haven't yeah. got into Shit's creek Um, everyone talks about how really, really good it is, but we're right now we're rewatching more on season two of ER. Oh yeah. So we've taken it all the way back to 1996, which I don't know that either of you were in existence in 1996. So we both were barely you were in diapers. Both Amber and I were, I was not in a
0: diaper. I was potty trained by 1994.
1: Okay. Okay. Good to know. Good information in case we ever need that at trivia night. What? <laughs> by what year was Alex Garing <sighs> trained? Fine, but anyways, I'm getting by watching ER. I'm getting my fix of Chicago since I can't go see Chicago like we normally go see it all the time to go to the mothership of NAR and all of those beautiful things. I'm like they step outside the hospital sometimes and you get to see you the Michigan Avenue and you get to see the river and it's it's lovely. That's my. Yeah. How I'm living vicariously through 2020.
0: There you go. I really miss all of our. I we we would have had CMLS. I know uh, a couple of weeks ago in person, but instead it was all virtual. Bobby, these virtual conferences. You know, I I I can't really do them. Like yeah. I'm just being honest. It's, it's so hard to actually attend because I'm just gonna. For those of you that aren't aren't involved in the association or with CMLS or any of those, uh, it they're spreading these things out over the course of like two weeks. And there's like a three hour meeting every day for two weeks. Bobby, I'm sure you have multiple three hour meetings every day. I, I don't know how in the world anybody is doing any of this. And I, when, you're, when you're here, there's just no way that you're not gonna work. I, I mean, that's just how it is. And I, you know, I'm gonna miss things that if, I, if it would just be a three or four day conference, I'd go, I'd be focused on that. We'd knock it all out and I'd come home. This actually, it should be more efficient. It feels like a much less efficient way to do a conference. I am not in favor of continuing with Zoom conferencing. That is all.
1: And I and I get it, but the alternative is for them to make it the way that it would be if we were in person and having 10 hour days back to back. Well, you can't devote 10 hour days while you're right oh, here. Yeah. There's just, Absolutely. there's no... There's no right or wrong way to do it. Now, I will say I spoke for the Ohio Association of Realtors or Ohio Realtors. They may have dropped the word association. It's fine. Uh, I spoke for them last week. It doesn't really matter when it was. I've lost track of days. Um, They actually did a really cool thing where theirs was spread out over a week. And every day they had two two two-hour CE classes. So you could pick which CE classes you wanted, which ones you didn't want. And it was kind of nice because you could see I got a free pass so I could check in on them. And it was kind of nice because you could see, all right, someone's going to devote two hours here for a CE class on Tuesday and maybe one on Friday. And then they had some, you know, committee meetings here and there, but it wasn't this, you needed to be at everything for two full weeks. That's
0: nice. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there's a better formula. All I know is that the ones I've been attending, they haven't quite, they haven't quite, quite, they haven't quite cracked that nut. Um,
1: also worked really well there no but i will say this there are other states that are not missouri and i will only speak to my experience in missouri i will not speak to the experience in kansas because i'm not licensed in kansas though i i've heard it's much similar what is allowed for ce credit in our states versus what's allowed in ce credits for other states are vastly different so Fun topics where you actually learn how to sell more real estate, how to deal with yourself better as opposed to just learning forms or ethics, which are great things. We need to know those things, but they incorporate some more fun topics into their continuing education means more people are willing to pour in and go see them and not wait till the last minute and just do the click, click, click through.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. That would be, that would be kind of fun to not take meth for the, the like, third, right? And I don't mean like actually take (laughs) Take meth. meth. For those of you who haven't taken the meth class, that could have sounded really bad. But for those of you who have taken the meth class, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I now know that if my propane tank has a, I think a blue handle, Mm -hmm. then I'm probably a meth head. (laughs) Am I I wrong? Isn't that- I mean, th- this is this is what we learn in CE, and that's that's my computer. problem.
1: Yeah, every two years, it's the same four classes that you take. Yep, it, that's it. It's a another- math
0: class, the core class, which is code of ethics, mm-hmm. like, I, and then two two of two other random ones that I find and think they agency.
1: You need to learn agency again for the seventy eight, and and we do need these topics, yet, like. I would be okay with them you know, upping our 12 hours to 24 hours and giving us 12 fun hours. I would be more inclined to go take that stuff and do that. I don't know. I don't know I'm what's right.
0: You. We, you know what? We, they need to just let us solve their problems.
1: Right? Listen that's, here. That's the, Listen, that's,
0: that's State we're State. gonna have a whole episode where that's what we do is solve everybody else's problems.
1: You know what? We did this for the Missouri Realtors and this may not be the world's worst idea we might be able to get two people from the commissions, Kansas and Missouri to come on here and answer some of like, yeah, I saw your face and get people to answer some, you know, commission question, not commission, but real estate commission, yeah. question, not the money thing.
0: Oh, I like it. That'd be good. And of course my, my face lit up cause I'm a nerd. I know. Some people listening right now are like, oh boy, yay, the commission.
1: (laughs) When we did that at the Missouri Realtors, we had standing room only in our room. We had like 300 chairs, and people were, they wanted to actually, and people could maybe submit questions ahead of time to ask to the real estate commission.
0: That would be dope. That would be awesome. Interactive
1: with our audience. What? Yeah.
0: Yeah. If you have any questions Mm. for the real estate commission, go ahead and send an email to what is it?
1: Real talk at com.
0: Okay. Real that voice talk. voice of God, is Amber, K-C- everybody. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Amber. <laughs> Real talk at kcrar.com. That should be easy to remember. I just didn't.
1: So, so we talked about, you know, maybe a future episode. What are we going to talk about today? Who do we got? Who
0: I don't know, but we better hustle along and get this, uh, get like this episode, Brown? uh, rolling.
1: All right. So, okay. today, Thank I'm you. so excited because if you have not heard, if you've not been on Facebook and seen Kip Cooper, Kip Cooper's 78 million posts about it, I've had one post about it. It's fine. We have, we, KCRAR, has partnered with Charlie Hustle for their new charity, which is called 1K for KC. Um, and- what they're wanting to do is we're, they're helping raise funds for families who've been affected by COVID and everything else that's going, basically been affected by 2020, let's just be honest, help make their rent and mortgage payments up to $1,000 per month for the months of November, December, and January so we can keep families in their homes during the holidays. And so we have partnered, KCRAR, um, has partnered with Charlie Hustle And we have a goal of raising $60,000 as an organization. I think we're already over $40,000. So we're looking for our brokers to get together and to do some fun initiatives. But as a part of that, we teamed up to create a Charlie Hustle t-shirt that is exclusive to KCRAR and the general public because anybody can buy it on the Charlie Hustle website. But it's got the infamous Charlie Hustle KC heart. And it's got some really cool houses in the background if you've not seen it you need it and then you got the realtor logo on the sleeve which I, I'm pointing to my sleeve like people at home can see the sleeve on the podcast it's fine no worries um Alex did you see the t-shirt design the, the, yes, it are. is
0: awesome I'm really excited about it did you order one I did order one yes a friend bought one for me so that was really that was really nice
1: that was really nice of your friend to buy you one you should probably buy one for someone else we actually had um
0: I'll pay it uh, forward
1: a mortgage friend out of Boston, Massachusetts bought one for him and his two sons this morning. So, yeah, it's awesome. Day one, we sold over 400 on the first day. I don't know. What oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. I know. Apparently, we wanted shirts. Who knew?
0: That is great. So, uh, and obviously, I mean, we're going we're gonna to talk to uh, Chase and learn a little bit more about this, but I'm really excited to know more about how buying these shirts is gonna, is going to help contribute to the cause i'm so
1: all the proceeds from the shirt we're donating straight back to 1k for kc and you can buy that shirt right on charlie hustle's website if you go to the kc hearts little section of charlie hustle right there boom you can buy the shirt you can also go to kcrar.com forward slash 1k for kc and you could just go so check out my social media because, well, it's on there. I'm gonna post about it. We only have until October 30th to order them. So they're gonna do one run after we ordered them, then it's done. You also should know, if you buy some more Charlie Hustle stuff and you should while you're there, none of that stuff is gonna ship until the shirts ship in November. So it's just one shipment. So you go order a whole bunch of things and think you're gonna get the other things right away and just wait on the shirt you're wrong. Um, I ordered some more masks and I ordered the pride pen. I was really excited. So I was, I really wanted the pride t-shirt, but they only had it an extra small. And I was really sad about that because I am not an extra small. So
0: <laughs> I also am not an extra small.
1: Yeah. So, so you mentioned having chase on, but we hadn't yeah. said who chase was yet today. So if you do not know, And you didn't read the description before you clicked on it and started listening to us today. Hey, Alex, who's our guest today?
0: Our guest today is Chase McAnulty, the CEO of Charlie Hustle. Awesome.
1: If you don't know what Charlie Hustle is, should we tell them what Charlie Hustle is? Probably should. Sure. That's important to know. (laughs) It is really important. So it's it's a local clothing company that's... It really soft. I love their shirts. That's why That's why Amber and I are sporting the shirts today for this podcast. They're just. I just like to pet myself when I'm wearing it. It's fine. Petting my arm, everyone. I'm petting my arm. It's fine. But Chase is coming in today. He's going to talk to us about entrepreneurship and giving back. Um, Did I have a fun fact for you. You ready for it?
0: What's your fun fact?
1: Through Chase's initiatives, Charlie Hustle has raised more than $1 million for Kansas City charities through their community's partnership and the Heart of KC Foundation. A that million. That is awesome.
0: That is amazing.
1: I'm super excited for to have Chase in here with us today. But before he comes in, you know what we need to do?
0: Do you have a book bit? Whoa! Whoa! Nobody can see you doing that, Bobby. I know, but you can.
1: <laughs> so you know that I have a book bit.
0: Boom. There's a
1: book bit.
0: Uh do 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 Bobby's book bit.
1: Casey, so my book bit is extremely timely because it was exactly this week last year when I got sick with flu-like symptoms that may or may not have been COVID. We will now never know. So I read the book "Flu" by Gina Colada, and it is actually about the 1918 flu, uh, the Great Flu Pandemic, and the search to understand the virus. And it was really freaking fascinating read. Like she actually like makes it, you know, like history books are sometimes really, well, most history books are really dry and they just spell out facts. No, she tells a bunch of really, really cool stories. And it comes all the way up to 2005 um, because it took until then to actually get the DNA sequence for the flu of 1918. It took almost 100 years. This book was initially put out in 1999 and then it was republished with a new epilogue in 2005 because they actually finally found the DNA sequence. But back in like 19, I don't have like three main points because it's just, it's a a book about the flu. But back in 1918, they didn't know how to sequence genes. They didn't have all those fancy scientific things. So in the 1950s, there was this Swedish guy they decided he wanted to start studying the 1918 flu and kind of understand what happened because it didn't just hit the U.S. It hit the entire it hit the entire world. And he got the bright idea to go to Alaska and find some bodies that have been buried in the permafrost, thinking they'd been frozen all of those years. And he could probably get into their lung tissues and he might be able to dissect it. Well, that was a complete failure of a project. It didn't really work out. The first two places he went, the actually the permafrost had um, melted down enough that the bodies weren't frozen and they had decayed. And then he finally ended up in this one village and he found some frozen bodies, but we didn't have the technology in 1950. Then it was in, I think, 1994, there was an American that was um, going through some records and doing some stuff. He was a scientist and that's when he found out that back when Abraham Lincoln was president, he created this giant warehouse, basically, of, um, of pathology results, little samples of, every time a military person would die, they would take some pathology from somewhere in their body and they would keep these little samples. And there's this big warehouse full of everybody in the military who's ever died while they're serving. There's little samples of their body, lung tissues, brain tissues, all of these different things. And he got to thinking, if I go find some soldiers that died in 1918 of the flu, maybe I can scrape some stuff from their, their, um, their lung cells that are saved. And he was able to take that And the guy that went to Alaska in 1950, he went to Alaska a second time. He dug even deeper and he found this um, Native American, a very large Native American woman. Like it talked like the fact that she was fat really helped preserve the rest of her organs. And they were able to take the lungs out of her. And from the two slides from this big warehouse and the person um, buried up in Alaska, it took until 2005, they were able to create the... um, genetic uh, DNA sequence for the 1918 flu. But what was the most interesting thing is that it actually ties back to bird flu. And there's some, uh, some suggestions that it all came initially from birds and that most of your flus will start in um, southern China. Because, and this book was put out in 1999. So this is not like, you know, new stuff that's come about because of COVID. But because of the rice fields and ducks and the way the farmers feed their ducks and have them come onto the rice fields, that's where most of the flus um, start. They usually start as an avian flu. They will then go over to uh, transport over to pigs and swine flu. And then um, uh, humans are susceptible to swine flu.
0: Wow.
1: And the other thing that I found very interesting from this book. I know, well, I, 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 I know all these things about the flu now, and that the human flu is constantly um, changing over time. Mutating is the word that I'm looking for right now. It's constantly mutating because it's smart enough to know that we're creating vaccines to kill it, and so it wants to keep itself alive. But the bird flu, because birds live for such a short period of time, the bird flu has never ever um, mutated. The bird flu we have today is the exact same bird flu that there was in 1918. They were able to find some dead birds and take their cells. And it's the exact same flu that birds have from 1918 to now. But the human flu, has it changes constantly, even within a flu season. Wow. So there you go. All you wanted to know about the flu and then some. Who needs,
0: who needs epidemiologists anymore? Right? We've got I, Bobby. I'm just qualified to talk on Facebook about COVID now. That's awesome. Good book bit. I feel like I, is it, is it an easy read?
1: Uh, It's, it's 300 pages. Well, that's easy. I mean, it's, it's, it's easy-ish. It's, it's easier than most history text.
0: I was going to say, is it digestible?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not going to be a fun Janet Ivanovich that you knock out in, you know, a couple hours like I tend to do, but it, I mean, I've worked on it over about a month and I enjoyed it. Cool. So.
0: Very interesting. Well, thank you, Bobby. That's a great book bit. You're welcome. So, is it time to bring on Chase? Time to bring on Chase. Bring bring it on. Come on, let's do it. Woo! We'll be back.
1: Secure Title of Kansas City is the provider of timely and comprehensive title and closing services.
0: Their competitive rates, convenient locations, and service beyond expectations make Secure Title of Kansas City one of Missouri's and Kansas's premier providers of title and closing services.
1: So whether you are buying or selling real estate, you can rely on Secure Title of Kansas City to make certain the title is sound and the closing runs smoothly. Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk. We have Chase, the owner and CEO of Charlie Hustle with us. Chase, thank you so much for being here today. I know we're going to talk about 1K for KC. We're really excited about that. But tell our listeners a little bit of your background. Um, just What what should we know about Chase?
2: Well, um, man, that's a loaded question. It is. Uh, <laughs> well, I, uh, you know, I'm a... A new father of a one-year, well, one-year-old daughter, um, and with a, a lovely wife at home that really helped me build uh, Charlie Hustle into what it is today. Um, we actually met uh, at at KU. Um, she was a rock chalk dancer, and um, I was always into vintage T-shirts growing up in high school and college. And whether it was, you know, an '85 Royals T-shirt. Or, A Rolling Stones concert T-shirt. I I love the stories they told, and um, just kind of became a connoisseur. And the soft fit and feel, I I wanted to bring that back. Uh, And Charlie Hustle was kind of a a refined version of a lot of things I experienced in um, young young business ownership, and just my interests, uh, you know, through college and. uh, stepping out of college and trying to understand what you know what is it i'm going to do with my life um my my mom was actually a designer at gear for sports she actually she built the design department it used to be called winning ways um so she was heavily involved with licensing and and sportswear and stuff like that so and kind of drove me down that path and um, i was going to the art institute kind of meshed two of my passions together and um you know, made a made a baby with Charlie Hustle, I guess. Uh, since we were just talking about babies, kind of kind of funny, but uh, no, yeah, I uh, that's kind of me. I love to play golf, and um, you know, other than that, I'm just a pretty normal dude.
0: <laughs> how how long ago was it that you started Charlie Hustle?
2: Well, we we the business actually formed in 2011. Um, And we launched uh, our website in 2012, October of 2012. So we're touching on almost 10 years here, um, which it's pretty cool. Um, A lot of, it's just exciting uh, to see where it's come from and how it's grown and um, all the things I've learned along the way. I'm I'm certainly grateful to to the help um, and the mentorships I've had and uh, just, you know our our staff and the team we've built. I I couldn't have done it without a lot of people. Um, so there's a lot of people to thank. For sure.
0: That's awesome, Chase. So was I obviously you had an entrepreneurial spirit in you. Did you know that it was in you in 2011? Uh, where like before you got started with this, is this something that you always saw yourself doing, or?
2: It always has been. Um, you know, I'm the guy that used to sell smoothies you know in the junior high cafeteria (laughs) you know or um I loved I was always business entrepreneurship was um a a program we had at our high school um it, it my mom was very much that way um and I say was she actually she passed away about five years ago cancer um damn cancer I tell you what but uh you know, I was always, I think through her, very entrepreneurial. And I I had a company when I was 20, it was called Wicked Threads with a Z, terrible name. Um, But it was, it was one of those starting experiences and something you look back on, you're like, wow, like, what was I doing? What was I thinking at that time? But all those experiences help you grow and evolve into, you know, ultimately what you Uh, become. And Charlie, like I said, Charlie Hustle was really a refined version of um, some of those experiences I had.
1: So Chase, I I can't believe it's only been eight, nine years. It just feels like Charlie Hustle has been, I mean, I guess it's been the majority of my adult life. He was still a baby over there. It's fine. Um, I (laughs) tease him all the time. It's fine. But it's hard to believe that it's become such an iconic Casey brand. It's not in Casey anymore. This is recognized across the country, like this is right up there with the iHeart New York and, and from talking to my friends. So we've been posting about the one k for kc KCRR shirts, and I have friends from all over the country who are ordering these shirts who are not tied to Kansas City because it's an iconic brand. So what's that like to start something brand new and to become so well-loved everywhere you turn around?
2: Well, I'll start by saying, it definitely feels like eight or nine years uh, you know, it's, um, you know, it growing a business, um, as much fun as it is, I wouldn't recommend it, (laughs) but, uh, no, it's, you gotta have a passion for it. And I think it's, um, it's really been pretty cool to see how it's evolved. Um, you know, the KC heart is, it's interesting. It, it has a rich history here in Kansas city. Um, you know, the, many people don't know, but the, the uh, train stations used to pass out pins with the Casey Hart on them. Hmm. Um, the Plaza light poles in the 1940s, when the Plaza was being built, they had a Casey Hart inside of um, the steel post light poles. I actually had a friend um, that goes to all these different um, flea markets and he found one of the old light poles and gave it to me. And it's, it's this heavy thing um, and it, you know, it's, it's a different variation of the Casey Hart. The Kansas City Monarchs um, and the Negro League Baseball Museum here in Kansas City, uh, they've, they've represented the Casey Hart, the, the patch on the sleeve. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a thing. We've just really brought it to prevalence using the T-shirt. And it wasn't one of our original, one of my original ideas, I guess. I was focused on sports. Um, and kind of a national approach to that. And the Casey Hart was the 16th out of 16 designs we launched with. Um, I, I thought it could be a pretty cool civic pride thing, um, but we knew right away the, the day we launched, we had 27 sales, and 14 of those were the Casey Hart. So we knew we had something interesting there, and we put a lot of our attention towards marketing that and telling that story. And then, you know, two years down the road, a perfect storm of events with the Royals and Paul Rudd popping up on national TV, really accelerated, um, you know, this, it, it it brought together this love and this passion that the people here in Kansas City have for our city. And I think the Casey Hart really represented that and, and still does. So we took it and ran with it and, um, here we are.
0: <laughs> I'm almost embarrassed to say I didn't know anything about the history of the Kansas City heart previously. I, I've just always recognized it as something uniquely like Kansas. I didn't realize how or why or, or, or how it came to be. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. And I think it's, you know, like I said, um, I, I think you're like a lot of people. Most, most people look at it like, you know, that's the Charlie Hustle heart. And it is. We made our variation. Um, But I think for me, uh, it's important to to tell the story. Um, I think there's a lot of inspiration and a lot of history that, you know, this is the heartland. Um, There's there's reasons this this thing was sitting there. And, um, you know, like I said, we we pulled it out and used the T-shirt as our canvas to kind of celebrate it. uh, And it took off. (laughs)
0: It's so fun to hear you talk about this because it's clear that like you're, I'm getting chills right now a little bit. You're, you're rooted in focusing on Kansas city and values. And I don't know, it's, it's just, you're, you're, I don't know. It's fun to, fun to hear you talk about it.
2: <laughs> I appreciate that. And I think as a, you know, starting out as a business owner or just with an idea, um, I knew I could do t-shirts well, but um, I think it evolved into this really civic pride local focus um, as soon as, you know, that 2014 happened and um, realizing that, you know, that's, that's our target market. And we, we pivoted pretty heavily towards that and then we lost it in, in trying to kind of look at growth over the, you know, three years ago, we were really looking at a growth strategy of, um, you know, how do we get into these other markets um, without, how do we make the Casey heart in other markets? And um, that wasn't necessarily the right approach. And we started to lose, we weren't nurturing our local customer. Um, so we got back to that. And now we've kind of looked at how do we branch out how do we own the middle of the map um you know and like you said bobby like that's kind of um that's how we started to be recognized um really it's become charlie hustle as the casey heart really uh, grows into its own brand people are starting to recognize charlie hustle a little more as well
1: well, it's like, you know, the, the heart may pull them in, but then when they get there and they see all the stuff you have, you have some of the coolest <laughs> stuff. Like, I even get excited, like the barbecue, like I want a Joe's shirt, you know, like I, that, all those Kansas City iconic things. And even just that, you know, the whole Midwest area, because you have, you have the KU stuff, you've got the K-State, you got all the stuff that all of us here and we all just want something that looks a little different. We don't want the same shirt that everybody else has that you just go buy at, at Dick's or at Rally House. I love you, Dick's and Rally House, but I want something different. And you just get into your site, and I, I get lost like for 30, 45 minutes at a time. I'm like, I need this. I need this. Speaking of which, I need you to do another run of the Casey Pride shirt because you only have it in an extra small, and I'm not an extra small, and I really want it. Anyways, beside the point of that, is you started talking about you know, when you started your company and some of the things you didn't anticipate that came with it and all that, what are some other things that came with really taking off that you weren't prepared for?
2: Well, you brought up, um, you know, pride. And I think um, a lot of uh, our attention, especially this year, has, has been turned towards philanthropic efforts um, and what community means to our brand. And I think any brand nowadays that doesn't have a, a community focus really doesn't have a growth strategy um, I, I think the customer and making products is one thing and, and that's um, you know why you build a brand and, and start a business but um, we look at we call it the three C's you know the the customer uh, the company culture um, and then you know community and we really focus on those three aspects, but um, we didn't always have that. And I think the more t-shirts we've made and the more, you know, the different people you had coming to your, uh, the attraction, you know, you had coming to your site, um, it, it brought on other things and other other opportunities, but it also uh, kind of, built this rec- civic responsibility, this duty to, you know, you, your community is supporting you, so how are you supporting it? Mm-hmm. Um, and we found a great way to do that um, through t-shirts. Um, and we've we even built a communities program, um, a little play on, on community there that um, has has been able to give back over a million dollars um over the past you know since we've been in business which is i think one of uh, our proudest um you know accomplishments overall so we've learned a lot there's been a lot of difference uh you know the collegiate licensing side is crazy um you talked about barbecues and restaurants there's a lot of history here um to celebrate um and there's a lot of different interests you know there is some good culture here in in kansas city in the midwest and um, we're trying to really celebrate that it goes back to um you know and that vintage t-shirt and we we call it vintage made fresh so um we're still sticking by what we started you know set out to do in the first place but it's evolved into a lot of different things it's really cool
1: yeah. And that's the thing is, when you stick with your core, when you stick with why, what's mattered when you first started, and when you pour into your community, like you have poured into our community, your community will pour back into you. You know, it all goes back to Simon Sinek, start with why. And when you can understand yeah. that, when you can have a value that other people get behind and they say, that's the values I have, they become loyal for life and they will follow you wherever you want to go, Chase. So they're here for you. So. While they're following you, let's talk about the 1K for Casey. Where did that idea come from and what can we all do to get more involved?
2: Well, I'll start you off with our why and our why has become uh, evoke happiness um, in everything we do. So you look at those three C's and how do you evoke happiness with the customer? How do you evoke happiness internally with your team and your culture? And then you get to the community. So over the last you know, couple of years, we've really, we've thought the Casey heart um, is great for T-shirts, but now it's become this icon in the city and it, it can be so much more. Um, so this past year, we, we came up with the Heart of Casey Foundation as an opportunity to do a little bit more. Uh, we were supporting a lot of different things um, with no real uh, focus or intention on on why, um, and so the this foundation was kind of the starting point for us to say, okay, you know, outside of just t-shirts, what else can we do in this community and utilize our resources to do it? Um, so, I was I was sitting at my uh, in-laws in, in Omaha, Nebraska, kind of taking a break. And that's usually the time where I have a little bit more capacity in my brain <laughs> to to think of things. And I, I heard a story of a mom that had three kids. She had $54 to her name, was, was going to be struggling to pay rent. Uh, I think it was August. Um, and I was just like, I, I guarantee there's a lot of people going through this situation, a lot of people that could use some help. Um, and I, I sent a text to our director that runs, her name's Jen. And I said, what do you think about this idea? The average rental, I, I was researching the average rental cost in Kansas City. It's $1,000. And I said, what if we did, you know, this campaign, 1K for KC? Uh, help, help some people out with rent. Uh, It it turned into helping people out with mortgage as well. Um, You know, what do you think? And it kind of all happened right then and there. It came together. I came back and we started working on it. Um, And that was roughly two and a half months ago. And now we're into this campaign and it's crazy. It's been a lot of work, but I think, you know, hearing the stories and seeing all those nominations, it, it, shows you exactly why you did it. Uh, and it was to help that mother out, you know, and there's uh, a lot of people, uh, a lot of great stories.
0: You know, uh, I, I've learned a lot about Charlie Hustle today. I feel like I've learned a little bit about you. I I just, uh, I, I want to say it's awesome that KCR and HMLS uh, has a partner in, in you and has been able to partner with you in this. in this, And um, so thank you so much for, for that opportunity. Um, that's, that's amazing. I, 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 I just want to say I want to go and buy like all of your t-shirts just because, <laughs> I mean, I already, they're, they're already awesome, but just having this conversation with you is uh, it, it's awesome to hear somebody be so deeply rooted in Kansas City and care about the people and the community and the culture the thriving culture really that that we have and the deep history that we have here um, and then for for you to you know think about the individual as well and it's just it's this is this is great it's awesome we're lucky to have you in Kansas City yeah.
2: i appreciate that I, I think when we first sat down with kip it was like god i like Thank you so much for, we just, we needed people to spread this word and and help share it. And again, it's, it's, it's not about me. I'm not trying to play Robin Hood or or Superman. It's, uh, you know, we have a platform where you can either do it or not, you know, and I think in this climate and in this world and our generation has an opportunity to say, you know, let's do it. Um, let's not talk about it let's there's there's an idea here and it might be crazy it's gonna disrupt some things but you know uh, I think at the end of the day you know, help <coughs> helping and giving back feels very good too you know in itself so uh, you know that's all we're doing and I think KCRAR hopping in here. You know, they share those same values. It's pretty obvious. Um, you you guys have taken this campaign to a whole nother level that you just, you can't foresee when you're putting it together.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chase, I'll add on to what Alex just said. And one of the things that I'm really enjoying in this conversation with you is your utmost humbleness and that you truly see yourself as having a duty and a responsibility to help others who can't help themselves. And as realtors, we're always looking for opportunities, how we can help others who can't help themselves. And we don't always have the platform that you have. So this is why this marriage between us and, you know, we have connections with other people that can help feed into this you have connections from other group that can feed into us it just it becomes a very beautiful thing but for other business owners that are out there listening right now who've been wanting to think about ways to give back even in small ways what are some small steps people can take to get started doing that
2: that's a good question um i think it's again we all have ideas um it's about acting on those ideas if you're a small business owner, you've already acted on the, the biggest idea. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, there's 30,000 plus charities out there in, in Kansas city. There's, there's many ways to help support uh, causes that you believe in. We've all been affected by different things in our life. And um, so it's first looking at that, you know, what, what are those opportunities? What are those things that you believe in? Um, and, and, and digging in and, and trying to figure out, asking how you can help. Um, there's there's tons of organizations that are always looking for support. Uh, there's organizations that do this same kind of rental housing assistance um, all year round. So um, we just kind of, I, I think, have a, a fun way of, a cool way of doing it. Um, and we have those... You know, it's not beyond me to understand that we have resources and connections that um, can make it interesting and and get it out there to the world and have different, uh, cool, uh, you know, celebrities and um, influencers really pushing the campaign out and getting behind it. Um, Getting off track from your question, Uh, but... um, yeah, I think it's just asking the question and understanding how you can help. But you're right. Um, the more you give, the more you get. Um, and it's not just financial. It's not just selling more product. Uh, it's it's the feeling um, of being a part of something. And community is a huge, huge part of happiness in life. So, um, you know, I, I think... I would recommend to anybody to, to try and see what, what else you can do um, and use your successes to, to help others because that's, that's some of the best success there is.
1: I think you hit the nail right on the head. You know, Most leaders don't have a problem coming up with a strategy where they fail is an execution. And it's all just comes down to actions and actually doing the action. Stop writing it down on a piece of paper. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that and just actually go do it. Yeah. You may fail along the way, but we have all failed forward in our lives and we keep learning from it. So, That's right. Chase, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks um, for having me. So I will end with one last question that usually throws most people off and they hate me for it, but it's okay. I'm cool with it. Um, Chase, what's the one thing we haven't asked you today that you were really hoping we wouldn't ask you about because you didn't want to talk about it?
2: <laughs> oh, I'm a, I'm a pretty open book. Yeah. So, um, we're good then. All right. There's usually nothing uh, I won't talk about. Even you know, sharing a story about my mom—that's always uh, I even like to tell that because it is—it's part of the story, um, you know, and it's it's part of my experience. It's part of my perspective too. Uh, I think when she passed, there was there was a clearer understanding of not only do you have one life to live, but you you got one one life to to help as many as you can. And there's a, there's a great Jackie Robinson quote uh, that I'll end you with, but, um, he always said, and I, I researched Jackie Robinson in, in history class probably like first through seventh grade. Cause it's the only project I really wanted to work on. It was baseball. It was, you know, it was cool. The, the color barrier. And, um, you know, it was always interesting to me, but he, he said, a life is not important except in the impact it has on other lives. Uh, and out of any quote in my life, that's something that has always stuck with me and I love it. And, and I think I live by
0: that. So. Yeah. <laughs> thank that's you, phenomenal. That's, and- that, that's great. It's a perfect way to end. Hey, I've got one other thing. Oh, of course I say it's a perfect way to end, but, uh, this is our last episode prior to, uh, election day. So I wanted to point out, first of all, Charlie hustle has an awesome, uh, vote shirt that I think just recently went out, which is good. That's good. So you can, you can find that shirt there, but then also make sure that you vote because election day is November 3rd. So get out and vote on November 3rd. <laughs> Got to vote.
1: I just want to go back to something. Um, Thank you for sharing about your mom. Uh, I also lost my mom seven years ago, and I feel that I have an opportunity to share her story so others can learn from it. And we've all, it all comes back to the impact we have while we're here on earth. And so I love the Jackie Robinson quote. And I just, I thank you so much for your time. I thank you so much for everything you're doing for Kansas City. I'm a Saint Joe girl. I'm not even in Kansas City. And yet I love seeing everything that's going on down there. So thank you so much.
2: Right on. Well, thank you guys for having me. It's a pleasure. All right. And thank you for all the support. It's, it's yes. been amazing to have you guys on, on board. So
1: Thank you. Thanks, Jason.